Welcome to the She's Electric podcast. We're in the business of helping you to be your best self. Click subscribe so we can help you have more money, more success, more love, more laughter, and more time for you. I'm Pia. And I'm Kaya. Now let's get on with this episode. Welcome back to another episode of She's Electric. And today we are having a classic catch up. We're on the edges of our seats because we don't quite know when it's going to be the last episode before there's a new little human being in the world. (laughs) So how are you feeling, Pia? I'm feeling great. Like weirdly far too comfortable for someone who's about to have a baby. Um, You're looking great as well. I was just saying to you offline, you you, you just don't even look pregnant if you're not standing up. (laughs) You also are looking gorgeous. Hair looks great. Skin looks great. Well, do you know what? There's something kind of amazing when you actually have time to just focus on yourself. And since I finished up like everything, all client work, everything, I've just been like a lady who lunches. You look so happy (laughs) as you say that. In in fairness, I've actually, I've done loads around the house, but I've never had this kind of domesticated time to just clear up my cupboards and organize. I organized the baby area and I've gone for a facial. I've gone for a pedicure I got my nails did I've done it all because I know exactly what it's like when you go into this new baby phase that like you're just totally absorbed with all of that and you're not going to get your nails done especially when you're breastfeeding it's been such a gift to myself to have these few days just to pour into my own cup and I've been fully pouring (laughs) all day long I've been making some really nice food I went to the zero waste grocery store and I like stocked up all my cupboards. That book that we're always talking about, the first 40 days, I've just got my house ready for when the baby arrives so that I can or Stephen can easily make food that is healthy. What I'm trying to do is make the healthy choice the easy choice rather than making it easy to order a pizza and something that's going to deplete me. I want to have things there that I can just throw some grains into a a slow cooker. I've got my bone broths. I've got my sardines. I've got all these things really easily available that I can just throw a a nutritious meal together. So I've been doing that and I've just been taking that. I cannot overestimate the power of a nap. Just 20 minutes in the middle of your day. (laughs) It's just been incredible. So it's so, so different to how I did it. The first time with Enzo, I was run ragged. I was worked right up to my due date. And then I thought I'd go over and I didn't. I went into labor that next day. So by the time I actually gave birth, I was already exhausted going into the labor. Whereas now I feel like I can do this. I'm ready. You are ready. I did enjoy it the other day when you sent me a voice note. And whilst you were telling me that you've been pouring into your own cup, you said, I've been cleaning out all of my cupboards. I've been (laughs) scrubbing them. And I thought, you know what? Sometimes pouring into your own cup is not actually pampering yourself. It's like Mm -hmm. creating the harmony that you desire Mm. to feel in the space that you occupy. Like that's, it's such a soothing thing to do, isn't it? To have all of these things like clean and organized. It's a, that's it exactly that it doesn't need to be me sitting on the couch eating a chocolate bar for me that's me not treating myself well but I, you're right and I think this is why women want to do this just before they have a baby you want to nest I know I'm going to be in my house for a long time it's just going to be me by and design. the baby by design and I want to create an environment that I just love being in so it's been a lot of work like going 
clearing out every cupboard, getting all the Menzo's toy, old toys, getting rid of those. All these little tasks have actually been quite tough. I'm so happy with how I feel in my environment right now. And that to me is very restorative. That's lovely. And even though you say it's been quite tough, you did sound quite delighted every time that you told me that you've mm-hmm. been cleaning out cupboards. So yeah. it's, it's a funny one. I was actually talking to a client yesterday and she we were talking about routine and she was saying to me, it's not easy to get up early in the morning because she's got a young child. Mm. And then she just told me about how amazing it made her feel. It's really important to remember that just because something's not easy, it doesn't mean that it doesn't bring a lot of elevated emotion, a lot mm-hmm. of satisfaction, a lot of comfort, a lot of pleasure. Yeah. Even though kind of getting started and doing that thing might feel hard. Yeah, yeah. And this is, for me, the to-do list is such a a terrible way of structuring these things because you write out a to-do list and all you see is, these are all the things I have to do. This is work. Whereas if you shift the focus on what is it that I want or how do I want to feel in my house, I want to feel calm. I want to feel like I'm in an uncluttered, beautiful environment. And then you work back from that. All of a sudden, those tasks that you need to do, they don't feel like such a a drudgery. Right, because you're focused on why are you doing them? And that's that is the beautiful reframe, which Simon Sinek has made millions of pounds out of and which I love is a big part of the work that we both do is just helping people Mm -hmm. to understand whether it is the consumer that somebody is selling to or in my case, whether it's a a client, why is it that you want to do the things that you're doing? So, Mm. you know, you, you know why you're doing all of these things, because you want to feel a particular way. You've spoken so much in the lead up to giving birth about how empowering and how important that question has been to you every day. How do you want to feel? Yeah, completely. And it's, I think uh, this has been going through my head a lot lately about how the way our society is structured is it's got its focus on the wrong thing. It's got its focus on the to-do list. It's got its focus on how can we drive profit And when we actually shift our focus in how we run our business as to what is the impact that we want to have or why are we getting out of bed every day? At the end of the day, if we all drive loads of profit, we can't rub the money on ourselves and just live off that. There has to be a greater reason (laughs) for all of these things. And the example that I give is I was watching some guy talk. He's in the, the food industry and he was talking about how we now create 361 billion tons of plastic every year, up from 29 billion tons. It's insane how much more plastic we create. And it's all being driven by retailers and food companies that it's just easy. It's easy to wrap things in plastic. I buy ginger now. It's wrapped in plastic. Oh, it drives me bonkers. It drives me insane. There's no need for these things. But when our focus is on profit how can we make more money retailers they've proven that if they put three peppers into a bag they sell more of them than Mm. when they have them just out on their own so that is a profit driven decision yet Mm. the impact on society is it's detrimental Mm. and i love business i think business can be the greatest force for good in society but our focus is on the wrong thing it's how can we get bigger how can we grow turnover instead of How can we use business as a way to educate people, to empower them, to help them self-actualize and create a society that we all love to live in? 
You preach, girl. I am with you. You're absolutely right. And the thing about business is that we understand that they are profit focused. Mm. When it comes to individuals, it becomes really strange Mm. because a lot of people, they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, that's it. Back to, to the why question. We can point at a business and we can say, you are trying to make money. And whilst I am 100% with you. That's not enough to just want to make money. It's a hollow cause. There has to be some purpose behind it. There has to be a bigger vision, a bigger mission. When you plow your life into just making money, there will be an empty outcome. Yeah. And for an individual, it's, it's even more pronounced. You know, why are you doing the things that you're doing? And it's okay. Like, it's good. You can get up and you can do a job that you don't enjoy and that doesn't bring you that much joy if you are making money to support your family and to put food on the table and to give them shelter and to give them a house. You understand exactly why you're doing it. You could go Mm. into that job and you could be happy and joyful and take great pleasure from it. The thing is, is that for a lot of people, they're not in that position where they there's only this job that they have to do to make ends meet. There's a level of choice in it. Mm. Their children are for this period of their life. It's not forever. It's not your whole life. And it's thinking about all of those little gaps in between. What are the possibilities? What are the dreams? Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. See, I think it it's going to require a complete paradigm shift in how we run our society. So I think our, our society has been structured in a way that worked previously during the industrial age. It doesn't work today in, in the context of today's technology, in the context of, of consumer sentiment, our expectations as a generation. And so what I see is that the mindset of people is, is very down right now. And we can see that everywhere in society. Wars are breaking, depression, there, there is a mental health crisis that has been bubbling for so long and it's all about to just um, explode. And when I speak to people in the service industry, so my acupuncturist uh, doctors, they are seeing people come in and they are feeling hopeless. But we've created a society where we work all the time. People are arriving home and they're stressed and they're they have to outsource their childcare because they have no time to look after their children. And then they're coming home and they're exhausted and then they're looking after their children in a stress state. So that's not even bringing them joy. And then you have all these rising costs and they are working themselves to the bone. They don't have any money to show for it so they, that they can enjoy this time. And you and I, we stepped out of that. Like I was in that cycle. We were very privileged to be able to do that. We had partners who were able to support us while we set up our businesses. But not everybody can do that. I, I don't know what the answer is. This is just something that I wanted to chat through today is how can our generation start to peel apart the structures that were created by previous generations so that we create a society where we're enjoying our lives again. Yeah, it's interesting as you're saying that. Whilst I do think there are obviously systems and structures in place that are no longer fit for purpose and relevant, I also think that there's a lot to be said for what you focus on, you create. And I I read this book it was so fascinating. It was called Influence. I was talking about it on an earlier episode. It's but so in good. It, the, the author, Robert Cialdini, he's done some of the most extensive data collection around mm. people's responses to 
events in the news with a particular focus on suicide. One of the things that came out in all of the data, and this is like tens of thousands of people, and it's in all different parts of America, different states, after there's a suicide in the news, for two weeks after that, there is an increased rate of suicide. Mm -hmm. If the person who committed suicide was an older white person, the suicides that ensued afterwards, the increase would be in older white people. Wow. If it was a young boy, the increase would be in young boys. And the thing is about this number is that it wasn't that there was a peak and then there was a drop after. These were additional deaths. The rate of suicide was fairly consistent. And then after a suicide, the more that it was in the news, the higher the Mm -hmm. rate of suicide after. What it was showing when the data really drilled down to say when people see somebody who is like them, doing it they feel more the word ironically is in empowered to do the same mm-hmm. they're copying somebody who's similar to them doing the same thing yeah and there was a lot of narratives in America at the time when he was doing this research there would be a suicide in a small town and they would say is it because the nature of growing up in a small town and he was like it's nothing to do with that it's the same as when you read a review on TripAdvisor there mm. is a lot to be said for seeing what other people are doing and that influencing what people choose to do so if we look at a lot of the things that are happening in the world right now and if you look at things extreme events in America where there's like loads of gunning down in in schools those things are widely publicized in the press they are sowing the seeds in other people's heads that this is something that they could do when we see young people joining wars or like getting behind causes with this kind of fanaticism without really understanding the impact this is going to have on their entire lives it's the Mm -hmm. same thing I think that People begin to feel helpless because so many things that they're looking at around the world that are negative. And if you want to help yourself, stop looking at those things. Yeah. Joe Dispenza, he always says, never watch films of things that you don't want to happen in your life. So why do we watch the news? Because we don't want any of those things to happen in our lives. And yet that's what most of society is doing. They're plugging in to watch these things that they don't want to happen, but those things are going into their subconscious. And that copycat kind of group mentality it seeps into people's we do have free choice and it's really important for people to understand the impact that it has looking at negativity all the time and engaging in these media circuses that are Mm -hmm. spreading fear and are spreading helplessness I literally could not agree with what you said more because and it goes back to the question of when businesses put their focus on profit over their greater reason for being the impact on society is huge these news companies and these news outlets are trying to get clicks and we all know that negative news sells like at an exponential rate more than positive news but if they think about what is our purpose as as a news agency it's to inform it's to inspire if they change their focus to that they wouldn't cover these things in the way that they do and you're right because you turn on the news and these things are just being repeated again and again can't remember who said it. We are the sum total of what we surround ourselves with. And so we're all being surrounded right now by really negative news and really negative stories. What I'd say to that is we're not all being surrounded by that. People are choosing to surround themselves by it. We can't change the news organizations. Yeah, What agreed. we can influence is ourselves. What we do. There's the situation that I find myself in right now. One of the greatest insight that it has given me is that 
my life is about the way that I respond to the things that are happening. Mm. The things that are happening are influencing my life, but the way that I respond to them, that's what's within my power. And that's the same for everybody else. I am facing the loss of my child and Mm. that's a huge obstacle to overcome. It's in, in, in extreme adversity in the same as many of the things that we're seeing in the news right now. And yet I find myself in a mindset and in an emotional state a lot of the time that is elevated and Mm. different to a lot of the people that I see around me who maybe are not going through such an extreme situation. They are engaging in messaging. They are talking to people who are making them feel like they're helpless, who are making them feel like everything's going to shit in the world. There's not enough money. It's a scarcity mindset. I, I refuse to spend time with people that drain my energy and in environments that are putting me into a state of like fear and scarcity right now super super protective of my energy and I can see that it's making a difference and that's available to everybody well I think you are the the perfect example that this is available to to everybody because Kaya you've just lost your child and you have a better more positive an empowered mindset than I have seen the majority of people that I'm interacting with these days. People are feeling like they are helpless, like these wars are happening, inflation's happening, the energy costs are going up, all of these things. I'm helpless, I can't fix it. And yet here I've seen you, my friend, who's gone through the most incredibly challenging thing. And you're still, like you are sending me messages and and you're more upbeat than people who, it's just a run of the mill in their lives. And so for me, you're a real example of you choose what you surround yourself with and you're right to, you have to fiercely protect your energy right now. We cannot change the system ourselves as individuals. The news is set up the way it's set up. The food industry is set up the way it's set up. But what we can do is empower ourselves to create an environment around ourselves that is uplifting us and inspiring us rather than making us feel hopeless. Absolutely. And you know what? Everyone can switch off the news and start reading a book then when people come to talk to you and they want to talk about the news, you can talk about something different that's interesting and you can be engaged. You can drop yourself into this other world where you're learning about stuff. And I found so much comfort in reading weirdly about wars and adversity that people have experienced in the past, because that, that brings you into reality, which is that the world is always changing and there is always a cycle of negativity and a cycle of wars happening. As much as we don't want that to be true, it is true. When you connect with that and with history and realize that actually we are living in a time of abundance, there is so much available to us. We live in this time where there's barely any barrier to entry to open a business. The internet and some of the businesses that enable you to operate in the online space are just incredible. The level at which they are filling the playing field is like we have never seen before. Context is really important. When you choose the media, when you choose the things that you do to relax, books are incredible. You can learn so much from books. Not only can you be with people who are wise beyond belief. Marcus Aurelius's Meditations is a book that I can't recommend to enough to everybody. That book on your nightstand, this was a diary that was never designed to be published and never designed to be shared. When you read the kinds of questions that he is asking himself on a daily basis in the yeah. context of the position that he held and the challenges that he faced on a daily basis, it's phenomenal. That's a great example of how you can realize that that elevated state of asking yourself better questions, of thinking about things in a more interesting and 
analytical way, that's also available to a lot of people. It's going to require you to break a pattern from being on Mm -hmm. social media all the time and being in the news. Start looking at people who had meaningful lives and looking at the kinds of questions they were asking themselves and the the kinds of topics that were going around in their minds. That's all available to us. Yeah. You said something there that's jumped out at me, which is that we are in a negative cycle. And I think that's all it is, Kaya. It's a cycle. And it's and because people are turning on the news and they're seeing this stuff and, and it's not just a hit at the news, it's they're talking to their friends and they're in a negative headspace, almost like a virus that has spread through society. And that's why these terrible things are starting to happen. Our food has not been nourishing us for a very long time, and that does create mental health issues. It's all this absolute massive melting pot. That's why I wanted to bring this up today to remind people that these are just patterns and patterns can be broken. We can step out of this paradigm. We can take control of our nutrition so that we have the best amount of energy that we're nourishing our bodies. We can start to reduce the news or or cut it out completely, whatever you want, so that we're not getting these negative messages. You know, in my own life right now, so when I go on social media, I'm seeing a lot about kids in Gaza and what they're going through. And I've had to switch it off, Kaya, because I can't help those kids by looking at these videos, making me feel completely hopeless when I need my energy to birth my baby in the next few days. And I can't surround myself with that stuff. And on, on the one hand, that does make me feel terrible that I'm these kids are suffering and these people are suffering in this part of the world. And I'm just switching off my phone. But I have to do that to protect my energy right now. And there's a lot of suffering that's happening around the world all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. That's the truth. There's global alarm about one particular situation. Mm. It's overriding the fact that there is constantly suffering in the world. And that added layer of guilt. Oh, but I should be engaging in this. Should you? Yeah. I yeah. think it all it always comes back to, for me, like choice. It comes back yeah. to just, can you just be empowered in the fact that you have choices? Like yeah. everybody is individuals. You you choose what you engage in. You choose the images that go into your mind, mm. um, and you choose whether you want to introduce different narratives and different uh, voices and different influences into your head. It's funny as you were saying that because actually, like my social media is not bombarded with a lot of like negativity, and I think that that's because it's. I've cultivated it to be a place that is literally just about leadership and mm-hmm. empowerment and inspiration yeah. and aspiration. I had my own like session with my coach yesterday. And one of the things that we were talking about is I've recently returned back to the UK from Spain. And she was asking me how it was going, how I felt. And I I, I said, what I realize is that freedom and peace they're not a place they are a way of being Mm. it is linked to this I'll be happy when mentality like your life is not going to change when things in the world change and this gets sorted and there's peace in the Middle East and all of those things that's not going to be the point at which you feel peace as an individual our sense of peace and our ability to feel free and abundant is something that we are empowered to create and cultivate within us. I was saying it in the context of, I realized that it's not about me and Steph finding this like ultimate place that we're going to live. I can fixate on that thing, but actually I can cultivate peace and 
freedom in my life every single day and through actually having a few bumps in the road and things not quite working out the way that we expected them to in Spain there's been a liberation Mm. because I've come home to that reality of all of that stuff doesn't really matter what matters is how am I showing up for myself every single day yeah what am I doing with my time every single day where am I giving my energy where am I giving my love you know so I'm wondering, can you share with people at home, because you're doing this in the most challenging of circumstances, how are you cultivating an environment around you, no matter where you are, that is helping you to feel hopeful about the future and feeling empowered that you are in charge of your own emotions? How are you doing that? I think it really comes back to the basics, which are finding space and stillness for yourself Mm. for me that's meditation changing the patterns in my mind which can lead towards I'm so busy I don't have time Mm -hmm. for me that the mechanism is mental fitness it's consistency in that reprogramming and it's Mm. that consistent interruption to create a pause and a reset throughout the day That meditation practice for me in the morning and if I can fit in yoga, if I can fit in journaling, they're all extensions of breaking the cycle of my mind. Mm. And, you know, that that could take different forms for different people. But I would say this to you. If you are too busy to give yourself 10 minutes every single day, something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I say this from a place of of love and not from a place of judgment, but you need to look at that. That's not living. To not have 10 minutes in your day for yourself to give yourself a basic kind of brainwash, Mm -hmm. something is not right. Completely. And that's where you need to take stock and do an audit of your time and your life. Where am I spending my time? And when I did the mental fitness course with you, one area that I found really helpful because I was in that paradigm of I have no time, I have no time, I'm too busy, I'm trying to run a business and I have a baby and blah, blah, blah. these little moments when you're on the toilet to power down your mind. Literally, you're going for a pee and that's when you do a PQ rep. It's literally just getting out of your head into your body. So feel the pee go down or put fingers over your ears so that you can hear the sound of it or move your hands, rub your hands over each other so that you're just out of your head and you're in your body. And that was incredibly game-changing for me. It was just these two-minute little things that I was doing, but I was peeing, you know, so many times throughout the day that I was doing a lot of them. And that's what got me started towards taking those moments of stillness. And when I started to see the impact of those two-minute little little breaks, I was like, I want more. And that's when I started doing more. I've been having some brilliant conversations recently, actually, with my husband, and he's on the cusp of launching his own business. I won't spill the beans on his surprise, but it requires him to embody the things that he will be working with clients on. He literally does like a minimum two hours of meditation a day. Yeah. He Or like at least one hour a day, every single day. But he regularly does three hours. He does an hour of breath work. It's very intense. One of the things that we've been talking about is the difference between meditation and concentration if meditation is not accessible to you and it's something that doesn't resonate I hear you like I completely understand you I am over 10 years into this practice and I 
remember what it was like when I started am I doing this properly nothing's happening I'm not doing it like what's going on I'm hating this and I love the reframe of this is before you can meditate you need to learn to concentrate meditation is not even available if you cannot concentrate what I would offer to anybody who's curious to explore this practice of stillness just take a bit of time every day to concentrate and say to yourself you're practicing concentration this is quite effective particularly with men they like to be doing something I think in this culture that we're in of busyness and the need to be doing all of the time you're doing concentration you're practicing concentrating and Mm. Just let that be on, you're concentrating on your, on breathing. Like the only thing that you are concentrating on is breathing on. Mm. It's like what it feels like in your body to breathe. I've been using it with a couple of clients recently and a few people that I, I was newly working with and that different word concentration really resonated. Like yeah. the meditation was too far along for them, but they got the concentration part. What I loved about using that word was after um one of them said to me it really made me realize rather than being like god I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing that was awful I hated every single minute of it which is I think what some people can experience um when you're leading them in a meditation what she actually said to me was I really noticed that I just couldn't concentrate I noticed that my mind was really scattered Mm. and that's just great that's great information because If you can't concentrate when you're breathing, the same thing is happening when you're trying to write an email. The same thing is happening when you're trying to talk to your child. When you do that little moment of stillness for yourself, when you're just trying to concentrate on something like breath, you're creating a ripple effect in in the rest of your life. That inability to concentrate there is happening in the rest of your life already. The value in cultivating concentration is really profound. And I think this is the reason why meditation and that word is it's a loaded term for people but that's why it has such a profound impact is because we are all overstimulated in society smartphones have had a very detrimental effect on society because people are taking them with them everywhere and so we're, our brains which are evolved to really need downtime they're never getting it and so we're getting bombarded with emails and negative emails, we're getting bombarded with negative news, we're getting bombarded with all this stuff on social media that's making us feel like we're not enough. We're not getting time to just power down our brain. And that's the whole point of these practices. And at the start, when you start doing them, they feel awful. You're And you're sitting there going, I can't meditate, I can't do this. And, and you're right, Kaya. When I first started, I struggled to even just focus on my breath for, for 30 seconds. I couldn't because my brain was so scattered. And that's remembering that we're practicing concentration Mm. is the beauty part, because actually all that practicing concentration means is that if your mind wanders and you bring it back, you have practiced. You've done concentration. We're Mm. not perfecting concentration. We're not perfecting focus on one thing. That's Mm -hmm. not what we're doing. We're practicing concentrating. And when you practice something, you fall off, you come back to it, you fall off, you come back to it. If you notice once or twice during let's just call it two minutes where you sit down and you concentrate on your breath. If you notice just a couple of times during that time that you're thinking about something completely different and you bring your concentration back to your breath, you have been practicing concentrating. That is success. Exactly. And over time, you start to do that more and more and you cultivate this muscle. And then all of a sudden you have this laser focused mind that can focus on things, but it's only going to happen through multiple reps like these. 
So Pia, you've got one yeah. more week till your due date. What has been your high? What has been your low? And what have you learned this week? Do you know what my high has been? This is so pathetic. So going to the zero waste grocery store with all my old Tupperware, like all of my old um, kind of reusable uh, storage kind of things, containers, and just getting them filled with like really healthy food and all my different grains and my nuts and my seeds. And then I got out my label maker and I I labeled everything. (laughs) So now when I open up my drawers, I'm going to send you a video later because it's just beautiful. (laughs) I haven't had time to do those things at at all. I'm opening my drawers and every time I open them, they're a source of stress because I'm like, oh, the state of them. And now they just look amazing. And I feel like it's going to be really easy to throw together good, nutritious food when I'm when I've just had had this baby and I can look after myself. So that has been my high, my low. Stephen was just away for three days. He was working, he was doing an offsite um, and he's been working really, really hard. But he had this big sales kickoff meeting that happened just as I'm like a few days from giving birth. And looking after a toddler when you're nine months pregnant is actually pretty full on. Is it? Um, yeah, I, I didn't realize. <laughs> I, I never would have realized. <laughs> it's like, it's just, they're so heavy and it's so hard to lift them. And ends is at this stage where he just wants to do everything for himself. He doesn't want you to lift him into the car. He has to do it on his own. So I spent an inordinate amount of time negotiating with the two-year-old. I've had to go about it a different way. And this is what I've learned that it's, I've gotten so much more or so much further with him by just enjoying his company as opposed to being in this energy of obligation we have to go we have to go and I actually don't have that much on right now so I'm like Enzo we have to go we have to get the crash has started and it's like Pia do you actually have to be there at 9am on the button <laughs> no like he's two if he's a bit late it's okay so if you need to stand around and negotiate with him you don't have a meeting you don't have anything so he didn't want me to lift him into the into his seat to have dinner so we sat down on the floor and we had dinner on the floor and we had a picnic it's like I started to get rid of the little routines because I couldn't I couldn't do the structure because I, I'm just so pregnant and that has been a really really nice energy to be in and so what what were you yeah. learning there? What I've learned is the importance of space, the importance of taking time to do these things, like clear out your cupboards and create an environment in your home that actually makes you feel calm and peaceful and happy. We work all the time and, and I'm such a huge advocate that we should all have a four day week work week. I, I, and when I have taken this time, I, I realize that even more that it's we need time just to be. I'm terrible at chilling out and I've had to do it this week. I've had to do naps. I've had to. And it's felt amazing. I feel like a completely different person than I was even a week ago when I thought I was in labor. Um, and I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Whereas now if this happened, I'm like, bring it on. I'm ready. I feel like I'm nourished. I feel like I have energy for this next stage. Yeah. There's some interesting language that I just heard from you there. I'm terrible at relaxing, but it feels amazing. It feels amazing. Are you terrible or are you practicing relaxing? I'm practicing. Exactly. This is not perfection. I'm, I can do it for about an hour and then I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need a job. But yeah you're right I'm practicing it and I'm learning that it's so important and actually it's making me go I want to restructure how I go back to my business when I return because having this space it's it's fundamental to me being a good 
parent. It's fundamental to me being a good wife. It's fundamental to me cultivating a home environment that I actually love being in, as opposed to one where I'm going, this place looks like a bomb went off and it's horrible to be around. And then you go into the energy of to-do list, to do, I have to do this, I have to do this. And then you go into the energy of I'm so busy and then I have no time. Do you know what I mean? So I do know what you mean. Yeah. So been there, done that, got the t-shirt. So what about you? What was your high? What was your low? And what did you learn? I think that my high was, it has been like wonderful to see my mom and dad in the flesh, be with my family. But if I'm telling the complete truth about what my high was, it was my coaching session yesterday. Oh, nice. You know what you do for your clients when someone's doing it for you. It feels so good. I've had a little break. I've probably had about three months since I have not been working with a coach and it just felt good to be seen as your highest self and for somebody to just be like, cool. So that's the plan. You're going to do it. Yeah, that is the plan. I am going to do it. (laughs) I think that my love has been berating myself, actually noticing Mm. that I'm telling myself that I'm a failure and I'm a piece of shit and all this stuff because I was traveling for one day. I took the day off when I got home to go to the Chanel exhibition at the VNA mm. with my mom and dad. So, so I had this like amazing day. And then the low is the way that I treat myself afterwards. I'm happy to notice it, but there was still some like mistreatment. I'm basically calling myself a piece of shit because I'm not chained to my desk and mm. immediately making up the days that I haven't been working. What I've learned this week, I'm going to relook at my calendar. I worked till like after 10 p.m. last night. It did take a break in the middle of the day, but I was catching up on some learning that I had missed earlier in the week. And one of them was from the copywriting coach that I'm working with. When you are posting on social media and I use LinkedIn as my platform for anyone out there who is starting a business, you know, there's quite a lot that goes in to creating content and not all of it is about the creating content. A huge part of it is engagement. Mm. I think that that's, that's what she was talking about on the call is she was saying, you know, like engagement when you first start, that's getting on and interacting with other people's posts so that you're building that community And actually that post and ghost doesn't work when you're at the beginning. This is classic information where like when you make it all about yourself and you focus on your content, but Mm. you post and you ghost, you feel really bad because you're like, oh my God, no one likes me. No, it doesn't Mm. resonate. Like, And so I'd fallen into that trap where I don't want to be creating content every day. So I've got my content sorted for the week, but then I'm not engaging. So my content's not going anywhere. Right. And so, um, Today, I knew that I had a post that was going live at a particular time. I engage, I did some engagement last night. I did some engagement this morning. My learning is that I don't want to be on social media in the morning. So what that means is that I'm not going to be posting in the morning. Before I was setting all of my posts to go live in the morning, it's like the hot time on LinkedIn. Mm. I don't care what everyone else is doing. I don't know what game they're playing. But actually the game that I'm playing is love my life. And I don't love my life if I go on social media in the morning. So I'm I'm shifting all of my posting to the afternoon to a time where I'm happy to go on for half an hour and engage with content. It's not fucking up my day. It's not like getting in my brain. It's not interrupting my workout or my creative time. I think that the learning is my 
question I keep asking myself at the moment is what is the game that I am playing? Uh Just coming back to that over and over again, just because other people are doing something, they don't know more than you. The chances are they're just doing what everyone else is doing. That herd mentality. We were talking about it in a little bit of a different way earlier with the suicide thing when people are influenced by what other people are doing. But the same happens in business. A great thing to work on and to push through all the time if you are at the beginning of starting a hustle or you're thinking about doing something or even in your career is that other people don't know best Mm. they might know more than you about something else but the person that knows best about what's right for you what's right for your business and what what truly is your zone of genius that's you stop focusing on what you should be doing and lean into what is the game that I'm playing and in that game what happens next I think this is a beautiful place to end because it's a nice reflection to leave everybody with. What game am I playing? Am I creating an environment in my life that's cultivating that or not? And if I'm not, what are the things that I can start to remove? And what are the things that I can add so that I am getting the outcome that I want? Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for giving us your time. Did you know that you could change someone's day to day just by sharing this episode? Our mission is to help women. We all want more money, more success, more love, more laughter and more time for ourselves. Women Helping Women is how we're going to get there.